This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side, I remember to record one of these. It's the Tales from the Dark Side movie, Toilet Face, Enter If You Dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we have successfully watched every episode of seminal 80s horror anthology television show Tales from the Dark Side. We've reported it back to you, but we have been going through the Creep Show films. We've done Creep Show 1. We've done Creep Show 2. The capper on top of that Sunday is a little movie called Tales from the Dark Side. That's what we're doing today. I'm Matt Noss. With me at the table are my two favorite people in the whole wide world, Jen Hansen and Matt Rose. Yay! Yeah. Hi. Hi, everybody. Guys, we're Ooh. recording this on Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. It's oh, spooky. Spoopy? Spoopy. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. My daughter is not sleeping well this evening, no. um, which is going great. She's got the heebie-jeebie. <laughs> She saw. She's cutting teeth. She saw bones. <laughs> leave her gums. Um, boy, oh boy. Um, let's go around the horn. Yeah. Have you seen this movie before today? Uh interesting to note about Tales from the Dark Side. The movie. I was getting ready to watch this and say, "Hmm, you know, I've never seen this movie. I wonder what it's like." And then I sat down to watch it and realized, "Oh, I've seen this movie one million times." <laughs> I know everything that happens in it. I remember all the effects. Uh, and I like this movie. I have seen the movie not a million times, but many, many, many times. And this was my first time. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Normally, we would give you a little bit more. We would guess what everything's about. Uh, but we skip that for the movies, and we just throw it to Jen for the sweet deets. Sweet deets. We watched Tales from the Dark Side. The movie Tales from the Dark Side was released on May fourth, nineteen ninety. It's ninety three minutes long. It was directed by John Harrison with a screenplay by Michael McDowell and George A. Romero. Uh, the stories were based on. Uh, story Lot 249 was based on a story by uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, and the Cat from Hell, or Cat from Hell, was based on a story by Stephen King. So going through this, we've got with uh, like the other Creepshow 1 and Creepshow 2, uh, we've got a wraparound story. Uh, Betty is played by Debbie Harry. And Timmy is played by Matthew Lawrence, who is Joey Lawrence's younger brother. Whoa. Whoa. No. Uh, he was in a he was in a handful of things, uh, like planes, trains, and automobiles. He was also there were two seasons of a show called Brotherly Love. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do mm. not remember this at all. Oh, it was not like good. 95. It was I'm surprised it made it two seasons. And it was Joey Lawrence and, and his, his brothers. Brother. Mm-hmm. Uh so it was Joey, Matthew, and I believe Andrew Lawrence in Oh, I don't remember Andrew. I think, I think he, he was like a really, the, the really little, little one. kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. 
Um, you want to do this like we did Creep Show 2 and talk about the wraparounds first? Sure. And then uh, go sure. into Lot yeah. 249? Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, man lives in a sumptuously appointed home. That's in an adorable little burg. But? But there is, behind a wall in the kitchen... A child in a torture dungeon eating cookies. <laughs> a dark side. A dark side. A real dark side. I guess we could have actually done yeah. the dark side, but um, the door from the dark side swings wide open to reveal no door at all. Um, who missed the theme? I, I, I definitely missed I, the theme. I was hoping because I had never really watched the, the end credits because it was like, why the fuck would I watch the mm-hmm. end credits? But then I was watching it and I was like, maybe. Maybe they'll maybe you'll get like a there. little like, uh, and there got to a point where it sounded kind of like it, and I was like, oh, 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 and then it wasn't, and I was like, oh mm. man, I really, really missed that theme, even if it was an interpolation, yeah, in another song, I would have loved yeah. just yeah. a couple like winks, but I'll tell you what the the star power that's in this film is very oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, of, it's pretty nice. There's a lot of repeats. Yeah. Uh, I liked, this movie felt the most, like, cinematic out of all of them. This felt like, at least, at least the beginning, the way this opened, it felt more like a movie to me. Yeah. It definitely felt like a movie. Um, so, it lights up. Um, we, we see this small town, and we're looking at a Jeep, Wrangler, or Don't say Wrangler. Uh, driving through the town, <laughs> a Wrangler. It's a Wrangler. Don't worry about it. One of my favorite moments in any movie ever is when a car drives by somebody that they know, and the somebody that they know starts talking yeah. to them. <laughs> <laughs> Hong Kong wave. Hey, we'll see you. At the- <laughs> exactly. See you in the choir well, you're on, on Sunday. Sunday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. No, no, that <laughs> why would you say see the choir on Sunday? Uh I've talked, I'm sure, at length on this podcast about my love for Debbie Harry and Blondie. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I this mean, was like uh, so primo Debbie Harry. We have sang Rapture. That's yeah. yeah. So many times. And on we this were show. not wrong to do it. Um <laughs> 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 fucking Well, we tried. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> oh, no. No. We oh. made it 100 episodes. Oh, that was no. the pact. <laughs> I told you that we shouldn't make that blood oath on Halloween. <laughs> you <laughs> promised. You <laughs> promised we would make a podcast for 100 episodes and never talk about it. Cut. No, um, I'm a monster and my baby's a monster. <laughs> we'll talk about s- sweet rubber puss puss. <laughs> In, in another episode. But I feel like it's the saddest one. Yes, we won't jump to that yet. But um, this kitchen of Debbie Harry's is awesome. I love this kitchen. Uh, I was like, that place is gorgeous. Her fridge for a 1990s fridge. Oh, that was, was like a, a sub-Z, right? Yeah, that was a ridiculous I fridge. was like, that's a $10,000 yeah. fridge in 90s money. Yeah, I'm curious that, where they shot this. That oven, too. Gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, that oven it could fit a child in yes. there, so... That's it was a, legit a delicious crematorium oven. <laughs> so before they even get to the reveal of her um, dungeon, mm-hmm. I write down, she a witch? <laughs> well, so what I what I liked is uh, she pulls into the driveway for a house, a very nice house. Uh, and then 
it's in the kitchen and it's kind of facing the garage door and we hear like rattle 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 mm-hmm. and you figure because she then like bumps through the garage door and she's got bags in her arms that that was her just trying to open the door but it wasn't she also um gets a phone call before the big reveal yeah, so she puts her bags down. Mm-hmm. Um, you do see a broom, like an old timey right. broom, and in that's the why of the I wrote, yeah. "Is she a witch?" Yeah, because that's a how on the nose tales from the dark side mm-hmm. is sometimes. Yeah. But the phone call is a you know, it's just kind of a, uh, it's not a how phone. Yeah, but it's it was kind like of it's a little conversation, just a nice little conversation, yeah. little exposition, kind of grounds you, and then, um, bam. She's got a fucking dungeon yeah. in her kitchen. In her kitchen. She's got Matthew Lawrence chained up. And she's feeding him cookies. Mm-hmm. She's fattening him up. Yeah. And then uh, we get something that was never in that. I was thinking about. Um, It reminded me of the episode Anniversary Dinner. But Debbie Harry actually knows that you're supposed to gut people before <laughs> you cook them. <laughs> Instead of yes. let, letting the old poops float to the top yeah. and skimming and boiling. <laughs> <laughs> so d- is it just me or did she pronounce evisceration weird? Oh, I wrote it down. I was like, eviscerate? Eviscoration? <laughs> it, uh, but she brings out some pretty gnarly tools. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Matthew Lawrence has a book. Yes, he has a book. And it's this feels sort of like never ending story. Yes. Very much so totally. that he has a book that has the Tales from the Dark Side logo, logo on it. On it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was her favorite book when she was a, a girl. Yes. And so he is going to sort of like, uh, is it like Scheherazade or something? Or like one of the the uh, uh, it was a Thousand, thousand One Arabian, Arabian Nights. Nights. Yeah. So she, One of them is like the, the, the princess is going to be killed. So she keeps telling, uh, telling him a new story every night. And adding more and more to the yes. story. Well, that's uh, Matthew Lawrence's plan. Is mm-hmm. like she says it's her favorite book. She's like he's like, well, some of the stories are good, like this one, mm-hmm. uh, which leads us right into um, lot two forty nine. Yep. One thing that I did like with this was she was she was trying to do math, and he he does the math for her. She was mm-hmm. like, how many times does twelve go into? I think it was like. 75 say, or, or something yeah 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 and and he was like oh well that's four. it's it's five with three left over and she's like okay why well because that's how long we're gonna cook you yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they do lot 249 we'll talk about that in a mm-hmm. minute and it comes back and debbie harry's response to lot 249 was kind of tepid yeah she was like that one's now one of my favorite stories in there yeah, and, and she's she's chopping stuff up with her knives, right? And yeah, going over all that, telling him about the evisceration. <laughs> and man, oh man, I'm like, okay, so this is the frame. I like this frame. I do too. Yeah, I like the frame quite a bit. It, you're totally right. It's a never-ending story type thing. It's a uh, with a modern, you know, uh, uh, Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm. It's it, well, yep, exactly that. It also felt a lot like a. When the Simpsons do a clip show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it definitely has that. Well, tell us how we got here, yeah. Mom and Dad. It's a long story. <laughs> um, but in a way, doesn't feel forced. It is for as odd as it is, it 
they are both acting well. It feels more of of that time, whereas in Creepshow one and two, you know, Creepshow the Creepshow ones had the luxury of having the uh, comic book sort of uh, framing, framing device yep. in there, whereas this doesn't. But this feels like the right choice if they had to come up with something new. Yeah, yeah, it's a little rinse, wash, repeat, mm-hmm. um, because after after. Lot 249, it goes to them. He's like, well, let me tell you another story Mm -hmm. that I thought was really scary. Okay, make it quick. And then it's uh, the cat from hell. And it comes back from that. And Debbie Harry didn't like that one. Because she likes likes romantic stories. Yeah, that was scary. She likes love stories. But my favorites were always the love stories. And he's like, I got one for you. Right here. Now, I never knew what this one was called. Lover's Vow. Because I was expecting them to... One thing I would have liked them to do that they didn't really do is either show the title of the story Mm. in the book. Mm -hmm. I I needed that kind of framing device or just put it over... In overlay, I don't okay. know. Yeah, but like I barely knew that these were the story names had I not seen them in the credits at the okay. beginning. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Wasn't again. It was that's such a fucking minor. Who cares? Um, all right, it's the final one. Debbie Harry is like, I gotta get you in this fucking oven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the timer goes off, and like, she's like, "All right, that was that was good, kid," but. You know, now it's get now in it's time, my belly. Yeah, now it's time to put you in the oven. Sorry. Now this is a bit of magic that mm-hmm. happens here, because Matthew Lawrence starts talking about the story, another He's story. In. Yeah, this story. is the best one yet. Yeah, and this one has a happy ending. None of the stories in that book have happy endings, but this one does. And then he starts basically narrating his own escape. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where if I was a witch. I would I would just stab him. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> you read the you I read can the hear back. you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just gonna read the back of this book that has all this witchcraft in here. Yeah. And, uh, hey. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. You're talking out loud. You're talking at full volume. Oh, oh okay. Sorry about that. And uh, how do I make this bitch fucking back <laughs> up into sharpen, a bunch sharpen, of tiny... Sharpen, stab, 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 bunch stab. of tiny knives. Yes. <laughs> it looked, they looked kind of like um, fondue forks. It really did. It, yeah. l- it looked like, yeah, she was just a porcupine in one area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has marbles in his pocket that he throws down. She slips on. She slips, she trips, she drops the keys. Falls on the knives. Um, and she fell on the... It's not an island because it has uh, wheels. I forget what those are called when you've got like a... a like a, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a rolling yeah. cart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she fell on the knives and on that he um, he runs, he gets the, ni- or the, the keys, takes his shackles off and then pushes her in the oven, closes the oven and then totally breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Which I was for this, I was fine with. He gro- he goes to the cookies, grabs himself a cookie. The chips a lot cookie. The chips a lot cookie. Debbie Harry's in the oven, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Don't you just love happy endings?" Chip. <laughs> Richard P. Rubenstein comes yeah. out, gives him a high five. <laughs> You're right, kid. You did it, kid. Chomp, chomp, chomp. 
That's a cigar. <laughs> Not Debbie Harry's foot. But honestly, <laughs> the framing as a framing device, this works perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It's super well done, mm-hmm. mainly because I actually believe um, I believe Matthew. Yeah. Like I wouldn't if it were any other kid. I don't know if they could pull it off as well as he did. I don't feel like this was it was they kept it simple, which I liked. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't so overly weird. Involved. It wasn't overly involved. Just like the first creep show where it's just like dad's throw away threw away your comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you want to get mad. back at him. Yeah. All right. So those are the interstitials. Let's talk about the first vignette. Lot 249. Jen, give us them sweet deeds. All right. Lot 249. Uh, again, is based on a Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story written by Michael McDowell, who wrote plenty of stuff for Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, yeah. Um, Lot 249 was, I'm going to call it, a star-studded episode. It was. This was... Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's was, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, starred Christian Slater as Andy. Uh, he was he was in a previous Tales from the Dark Side episode. Case of the Stubborns. Case of the Stubborns. I wrote down he was in the Grandpa app because I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was called, but it was Case of the Stubborns. Uh, he was also a teen heartthrob. I loved him in Heather's. Uh, pump up the volume. Cuffs. I, I referred to him cuffs. throughout the rest of my notes him. as Cuffs. <laughs> yeah. Did we all call him Cuffs? <laughs> cuffs. Cuffs. I loved cuffs. I don't think I ever saw cuffs. It's it's, it's a, not I mean, particularly great. It's, it's not good. Yeah, and w- like as you when you watch it as an adult, so many things just wouldn't happen in real life. Where, like mm-hmm. there's people who come in his house and he shoots them with a gun that's not registered, and the police are like, "All right, well, we'll talk to you later." <laughs> where it's like, uh, uh, I don't think that would happen. That's a but, simpler okay. time. There is He's cuffs. It is a very specific niche of movie that's like. 14 to 16 cool yeah where it's like if you see this between maybe even 12 12 to 16 yeah. you're not asking questions nope mm-hmm. it's just like man christian slater looks like the best version of myself oh yeah <laughs> i i definitely wanted his hair when i was and he's that age fucking wise cracking throughout that movie what was the movie with this is, has nothing to do with anything. It's just that same kind of movie. But it had John Cryer in it after uh, Pretty, Pretty in Pink. Pink. And he was like a kid who just kept getting Morgan set Stewart up. Can't Morgan Stewart can't lose. Can't, or no, it's like Morgan. Morgan Stewart's coming, coming home. home. That's what it was. Oh, That's, man. That was. Yeah, I got Parker Lewis can't lose. Yes, right. That Morgan was stuck yeah. in my head, too. It was the same, same kind of movie. Um, Where it's just like, well, how did this guy get so fucking cool? Yeah. <laughs> God, I can't wait to be that cool in two more years. <laughs> uh, Lee uh, is played by Robert Sedgwick. Robert Sedgwick was in a handful of shows. Uh, most notably is Kira Sedgwick's younger brother. Oh, wow. And therefore is Kevin Bacon's brother-in-law. Huh. Look at that. One degree. You know who he reminded me of One a lot? One degree. <laughs> <laughs> he reminded me of David Harbour. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Steve Buscemi is in here as Bellingham. My God, it's Buscemi is what I wrote down. Uh, he is also in an upcoming episode of Monsters that also yep. is from 1990. Um, so this is 1990. Monsters is 1990. Uh, Miller's Crossing also comes out in 1990. Oh, wow. And then in 1991, he's in Barton Fink. In 92, he's in Reservoir Dogs. And after that, he is just 
just Steve Buscemi. Like, yeah, like he's, that, was, that was that was a big time for him. Yeah, it sounds like he's great in this. He's great. He was. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah, he's perfect. Uh, Michael Deke played the mummy. Uh, he's mostly known as a special effects guy with yep. K and B. Hmm. We we've heard that name before, haven't we? Have we? Um, well, no. The, uh, in Creepshow Two, the one character's name was Deke. Okay. Oh, that's um, right. But I did see him in the credits. Uh, I think he also did some of the stunt work, if I'm not mistaken. Probably, yeah. Uh, Julianne Moore, the ageless Julianne oh Moore. This was her debut. This was, was this movie. Uh, this was her first real movie she had done before this: dead. a TV movie and a couple of shows. How drop dead gorgeous is Julianne Moore? It, oh, she was incredible. Yeah, every movie she's. I wrote down, she only gets better looking. Yeah. This movie, how old is this movie? 20, uh, 28. 28 years old. She does not look like she has aged a day. She's amazing. Uh, George uh, Giddall was the museum director. He had a few credits. He's only in it for a little bit. Yep. But notably, he is the voice of over 650 audiobooks, oh, including wow. Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy crap. And Kathleen Chalfant is the dean, working actor with lots on um, lots of longer runs on TV shows: thirteen episodes of The Affair, five episodes of House of Cards, Rescue Me, Law and Order, a bunch of other stuff. Well, that's funny because man lives on the college campus, oh, where it's jocks versus nerds. <laughs> but when a <laughs> when a giant package shows up. What's inside could ruin everything. Julianne Moore is fucking hot. A dark side. That's there dark we go. Side. Um, the door from the dark side swings wide open. Um, and I can read just a tiny little description of sure. Lot 249 from our friends at Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> it's Wikipedia. Uh, in the first segment, Mike McDowell adapts, Arthur, we know this. A graduate student, Edward Bellingham has been cheated by two classmates, Susan, played by Julianne Moore, and Lee, Robert Sedgwick, who framed him for theft to ruin his chances of winning a scholarship for which they were competing. As revenge, Bellingham reanimates a mummy and uses it to murder them both. Pretty direct. Yep. Don't yeah. need any more than that. Nope. Nope. All right. Does this begin with uh, with cuffs? No, <laughs> it begins with a crate being loaded into Bellingham's yeah. room. Right. Um, and we see the crate being loaded in. Then it cuts to outside where Lee and Andy are straight out of a J. Crew catalog. Yes. Uh, and they are walking up the stairs and they are basically confessing to the crime. Well, I should say Lee is confessing mm-hmm. to the crime. Andy seemed like he wasn't he wasn't really involved and he didn't really approve. But if he found out, he probably wouldn't do anything. So he was also kind of a piece of shit. Um, he was an early college friend, like just listening yeah. to his asshole friend kind of rant. Right. So, the, well, the, Lee definitely seemed to be the prep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have the money and to have the nicest white 80s shorts you've oh my ever God. seen <laughs> in your life. This is truly 80s short city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are all going to tennis town. Right. <laughs> so he wanted. He wanted this scholarship. The just, Penrose scholarship. The Penrose scholarship, just so he could get a Maserati. I I guess that the amount of money that he would have saved with the scholarship would then allow him to buy a Maserati. Okay. 
the the motivation wasn't really clear. It just seemed like he was a dick. Okay. Being a dick for the sake of being a dick. Yeah. And it is Christian Slater's sister who who is wrote, is married or dating him. It, who is dating him. And it had had written the thing that got him the scholarship. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Well, she always wrote his papers. He didn't know that until later, I think. Uh, but yeah, we we find out um, that she wrote his his stuff. Uh, and Bellingham was accused of stealing a Zuni fetish from Correct. the museum. So they're walking into the dormitory. Uh, Bellingham lives down the stairwell from Andy. And they're walking um, right past his room. And he hears them. He opens the door. And Bellingham, to me, was a much classier dude than Lee because he shakes his hand and he's like, hey, congrats. Even though he knows they fucking cheated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then. Do you I, think it was class or do you think it was he already knew he was going to destroy this guy? And so it I gave him a little extra bravado. I don't necessarily know if he was going to do that. But then Lee straight up tip jacks him. And like when when the delivery men are coming out mm. and he was oh, yeah. like, oh, no, let me get it. And like pushes him aside and gives him a 20 when he was going to give him like two singles or whatever. Uh, because it is established that Bellingham is poor. Bellingham is yes. poor and Lee is is extraordinarily wealthy. Yeah. So. I, I mean. He probably was going to kill them, but. Uh, that I think to me would have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, I mean, it's it's not much of a straw and it's not much of a mm-hmm. camel's back, but whatever. Uh, so they come in and he needs their help, I think, getting the... The crate open. The, the crate open. So he knocks it open and they take the... It's, it's might, a sarcophagus. It's a- so they need his help opening... or yeah, I'm sorry. He needs their help opening the sarcophagus. They get it off. And so I see this sarcophagus and I write immediately, put that pussy in a sarcophagus (laughs) immediately. (laughs) Kanye took over my hand Yep. and I wrote, put that pussy in a sarcophagus. And then I wrote, boy, that sarcophagus looks like weathered styrofoam. (laughs) Look, they've got more money than a lot of movies, but it's still Tales from the Dark Side. That's correct. Yeah. 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 Like they're acting like it's really heavy. But later in there, we just see one person lift the sarcophagus yeah. <laughs> lid off. That's styrofoam. Yes. That's foam core galore. So when they open it up, uh, they they kind of wince. And I, f- I think it was Andy says that it stinks like rotten flowers. Yes. Yes. Lee leaves and, and goes home. Uh, he's He's talking to Susan the sister of Andy and his girlfriend. So it's Julianne Moore dressed up like Jane Fonda. Yes. And she is wearing white Avia sneakers like this. Classic. Even even though it's 90s, like this is peak like 88. 88 are alive and well. right? 88 fashion. Yep. Well, and I mean, it it was filmed in uh, 89. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like it is right in that sweet spot. Grunge has not hit yet. Nope. Nope. Um, it, and it's still kind of like, it's a very 80s horror aesthetic as well. Like jocks, 
preps nerds. Yes. And like, here's hot Julianne Moore in a purple leotard. But she didn't have leg warmers. She did not. She, she might as well have, though. But she might as yeah. well have. Yeah. She had those terrible white socks. Yes. In the, remember, like, like, the aerobics socks were disgusting. Oh, and they would, like, I, I don't know if they were meant to be, like, waist high because you could slouch them down, like, below your knee. And there was still, like, this, uh, this accordion of fabric. Yeah. And all they would do is... uh. They would catch every dirt ball. Yep, in you would be a monster. So Julianne Moore is is asking, is sort of grillingly, well, how much did you tell him? Was he asking questions? Was Andy asking questions? She is trying to find out if uh, if Bellingham knows that she was the one who uh, who took this Zuni fetish, uh, and she was the one that set him up because. Bellingham has a uh, has the hots for her. Mm-hmm. Now, co- I think I think they put it a little more crassly later mm-hmm. that she gives him a hard on or something mm-hmm. like that. But I just wanted to point you out. Want to diddle your juice box, <laughs> Matt? It's 1990. It's Capri Sun. Right? Does he want to poke this? Poke straw? He'd, he'd still be fumbling around for a oh, while. God, <laughs> um, I'm gonna pop that ecto cooler. <laughs> I want you, I want you to slime her in my oh, mouth. God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there, uh, to, just to cut back to the dorm room for a second, this part did bother me a little bit. There, uh, Steve Buscemi is cutting the bandages mm-hmm. of the uh, of the, the mummy, mummy, and he goes, "This is three thousand years of dry rot." And he pulls out individual ones like rubber bands and is like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Yeah. They would just crumble to dust. They would just crumble to dust and or it would have all been one mashed right. thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I digress. Also, well, I guess this shows that he's not, he's he has not purchased it as a valuable collectible. Yeah. Cause he's, because he's taking I, it out of the packaging. Yeah. <laughs> He's no longer going to get mint pricing. No, no. He about to fuck that mummy. He about to fuck that mummy hole. So I, I wanted to point one thing out. Uh, when Lee and Susan were talking, Lee said fuck. And I was like, ah, it's happened. It ha- <laughs> they cursed. They said a bad word. All right. It's 1990 and it's a movie. We're about to get real weird. It's with rated it. R. Yeah. Is there anything else that is established in the uh, Lee Julianne Moore scene? No, I just wanted to point out that he no, said No, I don't think fuck. so, yeah. <laughs> so now we're back with Bouchemes, and Bouchemi is... Bouchemi uh, in cuffs. In cuffs. On the WB. <laughs> <laughs> Does cuffs leave, and that's when he starts the autopsy? Or No, is, he's doing uh, the no, autopsy I think, when I think, cuffs yeah, is I in there because he pulls out... A scroll. He pulls out a scroll. He is he is cut open okay. the stomach so and is ref- cuff sees it. Yeah, and is yeah. like that's he, how he knows. He pulls out the flowers, like the dried flowers, and the he's kind of mm-hmm. yeah. He's he's kind of sniffing it, and he's like, hmm, smells like some I don't know cardamom and blah 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 yeah. blah. Uh, and then he reaches further in and he pulls out a scroll and he says, hmm, it looks like a like a third kingdom hieroglyphic. Too bad I can't read it. But you see a smile on his face as he's reviewing it. It's like, mm. Now, I know immediately this this guy can read it. And you're like, Matt, how did you know that? And I'm like, because he has beetles and glass cases behind him. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's collecting scarabs. Come on. He can read it. 
there's another thing that I noticed as well. Um, just was it from... the copy of Hieroglyphics for Dummies? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, exactly. It has that stick figured like shrugging <laughs> <laughs> next to some hieroglyphics. Um, no, this is about the effects. The effects are really great in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it looked like, I was like, how did they do this with the mummy? And then I was like, it struck me like a sack of rocks. This looks like an old Hoover vacuum bag that is just dusty as shit. It does. And then he just sticks his hand up there and it's just like dust and yeah. awful. Yeah. That's what it, that, give me a high five 100%. and go into the fun house. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. That is a very astute observation. So as as Bishems is going through all this with cuffs, he is sort of explaining the mummification process and how uh, the mummy was opened up and stuffed with those flowers, how they used a hook to remove his brain. They put a, a hook up his nose, yep. well, yeah. dragged his brain out. And not once did he say eviscerate. He did Correct. not say eviscerate. It, a little bit of time passes, and I write down this line. Cuffs is lounging when <laughs> incantation. Uh, yeah. Um, Cuffs was watching sports ball. <laughs> yeah, he was watching sports ball. Yeah. This is also, I would like to point out, a sumptuously appointed dorm. <laughs> I know. This this was, was not made out of cinder blocks like no. mine. <laughs> no, also it's it's huge. Each room yeah. is yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it looks the like lowly a lowly dorm or apartment. He's also, living in a museum. It seems yeah. that there's <laughs> only two people in this whole building. Yeah. They have the run of the place. Well, uh, the incantation works and the mummy comes alive and in classic horror movie style when the mummy comes alive, the fuses blow, and we establish a gun uh, that, hey, the fuses blow in this place. And uh, the mummy in the dark slips by Christian Slater. Well, uh, Christian Slater yells down to Bellingham, hey, the fuse box is right outside his door. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you fix the fuse? <gasps> Bellingham! Right o- yeah. Fuse uh, box! <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, and Bellingham doesn't answer he walks down the stairs and that's when he gets bum rushed and falls over um and as he gets back up he can see someone slowly walking away and then bellingham picks him up and says oh hey uh don't pay attention to that that guy's just a jerk uh here's a flashlight distracts him and then uh here hey we were were having a makeout party and (laughs) (laughs) he, he had to go real quick anyway don't pay attention to that new wrinkle in our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one thing we forgot to mention uh, before they were going through the um, the guts, uh, it cut to Lee and Susan. And Susan said that she was going to go and distract Bellingham um, because she was afraid that he was onto them. And... She was going to plant the... She was going to plant the Zuni finish in yes. his room. So here's the funny part, guys, that I didn't admit right away, but you're my friends and I'm going to admit it. Aww. I didn't understand that it was a fetish, like a voodoo fetish ah. uh, right at the beginning. In fact, it took me nearly 90% of the <laughs> whole episode to understand that it was fetish because I thought he said Zuni aesthetics. Oh. <laughs> 
And I was like, well, I guess okay. I don't know what that is, but it must be some other ancient thing. The, the aesthetics of the Zunis instead of the Egyptians. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So when she has this thing, I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then I heard clearly Zuni fetish. And I was like, oh, I've played Diablo 3. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I know what a fetish is. I also know what a fetish is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My face. Toilet. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell us oh, more about this, Matt. Hold on. I want to know. Wait, how does your face in a toilet? Wait, do That's you want to fuck that say. toilet? I was going to say, like, or wh- is your face why is it in the toilet? Where is your mind so went. So when somebody sits on the toilet, your face is there like a ghoulie. Or is it like, do you have a puke fat, like you looking through the, which side of the toilet are you on? You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> My face. Toilet. <laughs> Or is it your face as a toilet <laughs> that you want somebody to duke in your mouth? Yeah. A real human centipede nightmare. Yeah. Uh, guys. I'll never understand men. <laughs> <laughs> My face, toilet, come on. I just, I just like how oh, you said that. And then you were hoping we were not going to say anything. And like, as soon you guys as Jed, get it. As soon nope. as Judd was like, wait. And I was like, yeah, hold on. And then was, you just All broke. I was hoping for was laughs. Yeah. And you got him, buddy. Yeah, from myself. Well, I laughed. <laughs> I shame laughed. I mean, guys, I'm in a corner. <laughs> hey, Lee gets murdered by a mummy. <laughs> hey, that's right. Look over there. Lee's getting murdered. Uh, the mummy does a cool, uh, the mummy is in the house, and it's a very sort of like thriller uh, you know, they're sort of like hunting each other around the house. Uh, kind of cool angles in this. And you see the mummy taking a coat hanger mm-hmm. and, and reworking it into a hook. hook. And yes. uh, th- so this was. So Lee strikes me as someone who also golfs mm-hmm. and his weapon of choice. He, he goes into the kitchen where there are knives mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, tennis racket. Yeah. Like there were probably better weapons in your in your house that you could have picked. Tennis racket is not the not the first or tenth weapon that I would choose. He doesn't know where the help stores their equipment. <laughs> uh, the mummy kill in this is cool because the mummy grabs him by the neck, shoves him up against the wall, and is kind of looking at him. And it feels very. It reminded me of Michael Myers in uh, in the first Halloween. Oh yeah, where he pins him against the wall yeah. and then stabs him. And then yeah, stabs him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was similar, but instead of the stab to the gut. It is the hook up the nose. So the the mummy in this reminded me a bit of Chief Woodenhead. Okay, I yeah. was thinking the same thing. Yeah, because yeah, it was just a big dude in a rubber suit. Um, it's not that I thought that the outfit itself was bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that it reminded me of Chief Woodenhead. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I liked the editing in this part because it kind of kept cutting back and forth where you'd see the hook go a little further Mm -hmm. and then it would cut to i think the mummy's face and would cut back to lee and it's going a little further and then just a whoosh of blood and then i think there was like a a sucking noise to indicate the brains getting pulled out and yeah the i I remember liking Lot 249 quite a bit when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked the whole movie when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was fun watching it as an adult. But I, I 
I agree, Matt. Completely good suspense. I was scared. Yeah. Um, it worked. It worked for me. It. Uh, I was like, what the, what's going to happen? Knowing exactly what was going to happen, but yeah. still. Yeah, this uh, is definitely the goriest out of any of the movies. And I wanted, I wanted this in the TV show so bad. Yeah. You know, I wanted more of this, like, they do so well in building the narrative. Mm-hmm. Now, honestly, I mean, it's a movie, so they had so much more budget, but yeah, they do... Well, and I mean, they they had access to. Well, I think some of the crew was the same between the movies. I'm not sure that mm-hmm. the crew was really on the TV show. Mm. No, they weren't. And the budget for the movie was three and a half million, which is still, I mean, for 1990, that's not a ton. It's not a but ton. They they did a lot with what they had. Yeah, yeah. They made this movie sing. Yeah, yeah. And, and they I mean, still they actually made a lot. I'm looking at the box office. They made it, over 16 million, so yeah. it did well. Yeah, yeah, it did. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean it the the second one um that had I th- I forget what the budget for that was, but it, it wasn't quite the eight million of the mm-hmm. first one, but it was in between the two. And I think that this movie arguably looks better than the second one. Oh, I one. agree. Absolutely. Oh, better than Creep Show 2? Yeah. yeah. I agree. Not yes. the first one, just because I think the first one had so much style to yes. it. But I, I I would put them very close to one another. Um, as as far as I don't want to use filmic as a word, but yeah, as, as far as cinematic yeah. um, quality goes. Well, I think when we talk about the last uh, vignette, we can we can get into it a little bit more. Okay. But even but even this, even the mummy in this. Didn't look super hokey. No, but no, this, no, this is probably so one all. of the best looking mummies. I think I've seen one of the scariest looking mummies. The face on this thing is nightmare fuel. Yeah. Um. Uh, honestly, the I think the best mummy that I've ever seen is the mummy from Monster Squad. I mm, think Stan yeah. Winston's crew knocked it out of the park with yeah, that Yeah, Stan mummy. Winston's amazing. Yeah. Well, let's go back to Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. So Lee is dead. Yes. Julianne Moore... Does oh she, well, she, did she, no. She was. She goes to Bellingham's, and that's where she plants the fetish. <clears throat> and uh, he offers her a brandy. She goes in no, the next Buscemi. room. And, yeah, the, yeah. I poor poor Buscemi. Um, she plants the fetish, and then she's she's got to go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and I think Andy catches her on her way out. Yes. So he and knows that his sister was there. Yeah. Oh, uh, Cuffs. Okay. Cuffs, yes. Yeah. You were using the actual character's name. Yeah. And I'm using the character's name from a movie. From a different movie. <laughs> okay. She goes back home. She expects everything to... What is it? I, I, I forgot one part. Um, When Lee was watching TV and the mummy came in the house... There was a Dawn of the Dead clip, the yes. same Dawn of the Dead clip yes. from Sorry Wrong Number. Yes, um, that was on the TV, and I am looking forward to um, Cat from Hell because I want to talk about. There the clip is also that. a clip in there. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Julianne Moore goes back to her apartment, and she, she she walks in. I think I think she is that was the glass broken on the front door or the rear door? It was the rear was the door. the rear door. Yeah. Okay. So she comes in the front and she comes sees in the front. The... All the lights are on. Yep. Um, and she walks in. I think she was 
putting her keys on the table and she looks Next at the, to the fruit bowl of bowl, fruit and there is a fucking brain on top yeah. of the fruit. Oh yeah. That's a real fuck you from that mummy. Yeah. And what I liked what I liked is this is my fetish. <laughs> <laughs> uh what I liked was I think it would have been lazy to have like an actual brain mm-hmm. <laughs> there. It was just a pile of gooey brains. Yeah, like yeah. it had been pulled through yeah. a nose. Yeah. Perfect. They put some thought into it. They did. And Julianne Moore does not start crying and freaking out and carrying on. No. She is like, she is calculating as mm-hmm. hell. Hmm. So mm-hmm. she calls for Lee. She goes around the corner and she sees the mummy leaving out the back door. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that she calls Andy and says, basically, like, hey, Andy, you busy? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, uh, geez, what happens from there? I'm, I'm struggling to find my notes. I just write Julianne Moore is even sexier now. <laughs> <laughs> so is it the same night or is it the next after Lee is buried? It's the the um jeez. I wonder how how much time does elapse between the two. That's got to be at least a week, right? That's where my head is because now yes, because now he is. It is post funeral or something. They're all in yeah. Black. They were they were at the apartment that Lee and Susan shared, mm-hmm. and they're both drinking. Uh, let's just say whiskeys. Mm-hmm. And now. Julianne Moore makes some alone. shitty comment about the flowers that were sent over and how much she hates Chrysanthemum. And I think, and I think, she, God, didn't she say something about the crummy ring, or is that later? I can't well, remember. Well, it, it can't be too much later because. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, she said that she saw who did it, and Andy was like, "Who who did it? Did you tell the police?" And she said he was thin, filthy, and stinking like rotten flowers. And so then Andy, you know, the light bulb, light bulb goes off um, over Andy's head. And he breaks into full cuffs mode. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do some PI work. Cuffs is on the case. Uh, oh. See you later. <laughs> so it goes back to Bellingham's room and there's Dr. Carey, the, um, the curator of the museum. There's the dean uh, and they are in. The Bellingham's- lady dean. Very progressive. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they are uh, like kind of interrogating Bellingham. They found the fetish based on a uh, an another anonymous tip. And what I thought was funny in this part, because it really had no bearing on anything. <laughs> the curator is going through all of his stuff and he says something like, this is quite an erotic candlestick. Yes, <laughs> yes, he does. That thrown in just because this episode wasn't quite sexy enough. I, I guess. Um, and oh, we gotta we gotta add another four seconds. Just just throwing a line. <laughs> or, or it was just ad libbed. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But it's um, like, uh, well, just talk about your fetish. He's like, okay, got it, yeah. got it. It it kind of reminded me a little bit of the the Wien, uh, the Venus of Willendorf, mm. um, but as a candlestick. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, kind of a fertility figure. Uh, but I just thought that Super that was fuckable. So, Oh yeah. yeah, I would have fucked that candlestick. Oh for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that wax in there. Oh yeah. Dish. My face toilet. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, 
The mummy is not in the sarcophagus. We know this because the archaeologist moves the lid himself. And says, oh. Accidentally nudges it with his thumb. Yeah, and he says, oh, it's too bad there isn't a mummy in there. He I would have liked to acquire he that. He breathes the lid aside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder where that mummy is. Certainly not murdering Julianne Moore. <laughs> so it cuts back to... Um, Julianne Moore's apartment. Yeah. With uh, and she uh, she sees some flowers. Mm-hmm. She's like, God damn it! Fuck these flowers! I'm Julianne Moore. And they're chrysanthemums. Chrysanthemums. She pulls them out, and then boom, we got Mummy City, USA. Oh shit! Walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> And uh, she barely even runs. Like she, well, yeah. she she grabs the scissors, scissors and she stabs it in the chest. Mm-hmm. And then I think I don't know, maybe he like shakes her a little bit, and he grabs the scissors, uh, the scissors out of his out. chest. And she tried to escape in the most inconvenient possible way by trying to go like through run a window. The window. Yeah, yeah, and a so second or third floor window. He, the mummy, takes the um the scissors and slashes her across the back. And then starts stuffing the flowers in the wound. Yeah. Which, yeah, that was that would not be a pleasant way to go. No, it's pretty pretty gruesome. I just yeah, definitely gruesome. Stupid flowers. <laughs> 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 then we get this is a really good thing that's happening here. The mummy is returning back to Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Cuffs is upstairs. He knows something's wrong with his sister. Yeah. He's got that sense. He starts to come down the stairs and he hears the phone ring. But coming up the stairs is the mummy is the mummy. And then uh, Cuffs goes upstairs and he misses the mummy mm-hmm. by, by seconds. Mere moments. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. That was really, I, like that. I that thought was, that was I thought that was a really well set up shot. Yeah. Too. It was paced really well. I was like, this is a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. He goes back to his place. Bellingham is in his place. The mummy is back. In the sarcophagus. In the sarcophagus. And I think that's when the lights go out again, right? Yes, because we're yeah. with Bellingham. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Bellingham goes out into the hallway uh, with a flashlight. And he opens the fuse box and he notices that the fuse was unscrewed. Yeah. And then there's an off-screen scuffle. And the Thud. flashlight falls to the ground, and then so does Bellingham's face. Cut to Bellingham tied to a chair uh, with... This is great. Um, and Andy takes a box and dumps a bunch of papers at his feet. And that's when Bellingham says, my master's thesis. And He's he like, starts... Yeah, it's going to be great kindling. Yeah, yeah. They are, uh, they're having this, and then um, it's a real... Gort, Klaatu, Verada, Nictu moment. Yes. Well, wait, I wanted to point one thing out. Bellingham says, well, what are you going to do? And he says, I'm going to start a fire and roast your nuts. <laughs> In the most Christian Slater <laughs> yeah. way possible. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is getting everything done. And Buscemi gets like three words out. Mm-hmm. Klaatu... Verada necktie. Well, that's good enough for a mummy. Yeah. The mummy comes out and it's heading straight for cuffs. But cuffs 
has the ultimate weapon against mummies. Yeah. A dad knife. (laughs) (laughs) A carving, an electric electric carving carving knife. knife. Did you guys have one of these? My dad did. Really? 100%. I have never seen one of these in person in my real life, and I feel like they have been in every movie or TV show I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. My my family absolutely had one. I mean, they don't use it anymore. Okay. Or wait. Do they still sell them? I don't I, think they still. They must because people they remembered they could just do this with their hands. Well, uh, a hammer, a hammerker schlemmer. What yeah. is that catalog? Yeah, that would absolutely still have okay. it in there. That one million percent. Well, okay. I was the just mummy curious. attacks, and let me tell you, Christian Slater taking no guff. He goes what? full knights that say knee, or uh, not, not knights that say knee, <laughs> black knight. the black, black knight. knight. Yeah. Uh, so I think that because Bellingham wasn't able to fully do the incantation, this is just a really sleepy mummy. <laughs> oh, sleepy mummy. Aww, Poor so guy. Cute. He's all tuckered out. Aww, that's why he was wearing footy pajamas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I Like, seriously, cuffs his hacking off fingers. It's great. Legs, arms. Yep. He eventually, I mean, there's some banter back and forth, but he eventually... Cuts the top of the mummy's head off and throws it into In the, the fire. fire. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's great. This is the best. I know we're done, not done yet, but the pacing of this episode is the best out of the three of these. Yeah, every. It, I, I think the pacing, like I, this, is not necessarily my favorite of the stories. It moves at a good. It clip, does though. move at a good clip. Christian Slater's cold-blooded in this. Yeah, man. He yeah, I mean, really his best friend unhinged. and his his best friend and his sister were were c- killed by a mummy controlled by Bellingham. I, I understand why he'd be a little a little cheesed off, right? So, um, that's when he starts spraying lighter fluid on the master's thesis and Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bellingham's like, "No, please, please don't do this." Like, I, you know, what what do I need to do? Hey, I won't do any of this if you just give me that scroll. And he he hems and haws for a couple seconds. It's priceless. It's what he could, uh, yeah, build yeah. his life on. It's something. irreplaceable. Yes. And uh, my sister and best friend died because of this. Uh, and I just wrote, no, they died because they were assholes. Yeah. But uh, he he says, okay, it's it's in the middle drawer in the top. He goes, he picks it up looks at it, throws it in the fire. Next day, Bellingham's moving out. Uh now, was he getting arrested? No, he was just moving no. out. He was going he was in a cab. Yeah, he he had been expelled. This is the only part that I have issue with. And what's that? He should be getting arrested. What is Cuffs for, doing? For Cuffs what? didn't turn him in. Cuffs remember that Cuffs even said, like, I, I can't turn you into the police. How Who are they going to believe? Are they going to believe that you reanimated a 3,000-year-old mummy to kill my friend and sister? Shit, it's the perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> the per- oh, did he get expelled? Yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect, perfect crime. crime. <laughs> there we are, boys. Uh, yeah, he got expelled, expelled because they found the Zuni finish in his room. Oh, okay. That's, All right, why, I didn't that's why know... the dean was there with the um, the curator of the museum. I didn't know if he was able to talk his way out of it. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, no, uh, because Andy showed up during that inquisition, and uh, she, the dean turned to him and said, he'll be leaving t- like very soon. Oh, okay. Okay. 
So he is in a cab. Okay. And he's talking to the cabbie. He's uh, before he leaves. He says, "Don't worry, you'll never see me again, Andy. But I'll find a way to keep in touch." Mm-hmm. Then he gets into punk rock cabbies and <laughs> starts driving away. And he's just sitting there laughing up a storm and reading from this this scroll that he's got. Hey, what's so funny? What's so, fu- what's so fucking funny? Well, Henry Rollins, if you must know. <laughs> I'm a liar. <laughs> Face toilet. And I know I know this guy that can't tell the difference between a third kingdom sacred scroll and post-Alexandrian porn pictograms. Har, har, har. Nerd! <laughs> you don't have to put saran wrap over my face when you treat it like a toilet. You just... That's what the kids call a warm, Carl. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, we'll be back with... That's the episode. No, no it's, it's not. It's not, it's not the episode. Oh, no. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you are rushing to get to that toilet. But before <laughs> you do... It's my finish. I know, buddy. Just give it a minute. Okay? Oh, you mean when Cuffs goes back to his apartment? Well, he's on the phone with his mom. And he's telling her, no, the police have no leads. I'll be coming home after finals next week. And then you get knock, knock, knock. And it's Susan's voice. And the door swings open. And you see zombified Susan. And then quickly from the the corner comes Lee. And she says, Bellingham sends his regards. Great end. Yeah. Great end that I almost bulldozed right through for bits. Because you were desperate for... Bits. Desperate for yeah, sure is a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> Welcome to transmissions from the dark. <laughs> no, Matt, we're not starting. Oh, we'll be back with more transmissions after this. back jen give us a scale for this vignette all right for this vignette a uh, scale of one to ten sleepy mummies how many sleepy mummies would you give this episode i give it nine i give it nine i give it nine sleepy mummies yeah it's great up it's mm-hmm. so good it's great up it's so fun to watch these like future stars too like really yeah. just uh, leaning into that sort of you know wink and a nod humor mm-hmm that that they were never able to accomplish on the show. No. Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, is this one of those episodes where I'm put, supposed to put my tongue in my cheek? Yeah. But it never went to Hamtown. Yeah. Right. It was it was never overly campy. Right. It it was it was it had a good balance. Yeah. And that's I think that that's really hard to do because you can name the number of successful horror comedies on one hand. Right. But you can. You can't even come close to naming all the bad ones because you fucking forget them. Right. Because they're terrible. 
Right. And again, the pacing of this was just really, there was no part that, I am not a fan of mummies in general. I yeah. find the whole genre a little Werewolf boring. and mummy is Werewolf not your shit. is not my thing. Um, this is, uh, for me. Oh, no, I was um, just going to say that I, it's not I your fetish? don't. It's not, I would not say, it's, it's not my face toilet. Um, <laughs> but this was, yeah, this was scary. This was well paced. And I was, I was all about it. I don't mind mummies because mummies to me can be kind of like zombies. That's true. Yeah. But um if it's if it's not done well, they're so it's, slow. It's it's boring. Yeah. They're so slow, their strength doesn't make any sense to me. Well, they're oh, magical okay. though. They dusty. <laughs> they are they are dusty. It's they, like a, uh, it's like a like a old wasp's nest coming after you. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. I I think that it's more of just the dread of seeing a reanimated corpse mm-hmm. coming at you. Um, just like, you know, the the zombies in Night of the Living Dead, you can just walk around those motherfuckers. They're, you know, unless they corner you, yeah. you can just keep a brisk walk and nothing gets you. Yeah. Um, and like the way that they dispose of the zombie or the the mummy in uh, Monster Squad, they take one of his bandages, they tie it to an arrow and they shoot it into a tree mm-hmm. and, you know, see you later, mummy. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to conclude part one right here, and uh, we'll be back next week with part two mm-hmm. and wrap up Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Yep. You can get in contact with us at T from the Dark Side and on Instagram and Facebook. We're TFTDS, TFTDS Pod on Twitter, TFTDSPod.com. And tea from the dark side at gmail.com. That's us. If you are enjoying this, uh, let us know. It's been cool. Um, thank you for everybody. You give us some uh, love yeah. for the uh, 100th episode. Yeah. It and was thank you for the people who told us absolutely do not watch Creep Show 3. Yes. Yeah, man. We, we appreciate the, uh, the advice. Yeah. We are going to uh, skip that uh, just as a tip of the hat for the rest of the year. We are going to do one more episode to wrap up uh, the Tales from the Dark Side movie. Then. It's the transmissionies. It's the transmissionies. Baby, the glitz, the glamour. Uh, I hope all the stars come out that night. I think all the stars. And then uh, we are going to take a little sabbatical. Mm-hmm. During that time, we are going to be sharing our favorite episode from each season mm-hmm. of the show. Um, we did four. So we'll have a, a little month off. And then... Dun, Guys, we're going to nail the new intro. (laughs) (laughs) Am I forgetting anything? Uh, Try to enjoy enjoy the daylight. daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. We'll see ya. Bye. Bye. Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen. Matt Rose and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side and on Twitter at TFTDS Pod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.